Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we are talking about two different movies. They both happen to be mysteries that I watched last week. I didn't mean to do a double feature, but it kind of happened. They weren't even directly together. I watched one early in the day, and then I watched the other one like late at night. But they were similar, so I say, let's do a double feature. Confess Fletch and Vengeance. First up, let's talk about Confess Fletch from director Greg Matola. Hi, Frank. Where are you right now? None of your business. Come on, Fletch. Aren't you bored? I need you for a story. I got that police report you wanted. I just emailed it to you. It's encrypted. Uh, what's the password? Go ask yourself. My father's paintings were stolen. The Picasso was appraised at $20 million. Well, it hardly seems worth stealing. You're not a detective. But I was an investigative reporter. It's an occupation that's been cheapened by the digital age, like president. Earl Maurice Fletcher. They caught me in the middle of a yawn. Can you imagine that? Who killed this young woman? I think the victim interrupted an art theft. Your fingerprints are on the murder weapon, and someone matching your description was seen with the victim. Come back with me to police headquarters. I get it. You want my help? Okay. Hey, guys, is there a way we can call in a coffee order? I'd kill for a macchiato. Not literally. I looked into your criminal record. And? You're a bit of a shady character, Mr. Fletcher. <sighs> but I am adorable. If you did kill that girl, do the right thing and give me an exclusive. Let's talk about the suspects. The Countess de Grazia married Papa for his money. Somehow she's involved. Flesh. She's trying to seduce me. Quite the collection of impressionists you have here. Those are reproductions. That's how we introduce my children. Why did you lie to me? You're becoming paranoid. Maybe you should get a gun. Did you murder that girl? Okay. No, no, I didn't. Did you? What is this? Wooden bird and Bernstein? This stupid idiot moron has something to do with this. You want me on the outside so I can solve this thing. Are you Fletcher? Yes, I am. Oh! I mean, no, I'm not. I always get that wrong. I don't know who people hate more. Cops or reporters. It's cops. I was really looking forward to this movie because I've had Fletch on my radar for a very long time. Like, So I, I did grow up in the 80s, but I didn't really grow up watching Fletch or Fletch Lives with Chevy Chase. Uh, I did later in life, I think it was like in college, I watched Fletch and I really liked it. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it, it wasn't my favorite of Chevy Chase's movies, but I thought his performance was really good. And I was like, yeah, the mystery's fine, whatever. But I knew there were books, and I knew, because Kevin Smith, I was a big fan of Kevin Smith, and I knew he had been trying to get a new Fletch movie made. He was going to make Fletch 1, I think originally with Jason Lee, and then I read an article that said Ben Affleck was going to be Fletch, because of course he had Ben Affleck and everything at that time. Uh, then I knew they were going to try to do it again with Zach Braff. I don't know if Kevin Smith was involved in that one. Uh, and so I knew like they'd been trying to do a Fletch movie for years, and it just never really worked. And I'd kind of forgotten about it. And then one day, I was just on Amazon for some reason. And I I knew they were making the new Fletch movie. 
and I knew John Hamm was going to be the star of it. And I was like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll read the book. Maybe I'll read the Fletch book. So I bought it uh, by Gregory McDonald, and I really, really liked it, like a lot. I thought the Fletch book was really good. I, then I rewatched the Chevy Chase movie, and it turns out, like most people, and I hate to be this person, I liked the book a lot better than the movie. The movie is total Chevy Chase, like nonstop, prime Chevy Chase, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, how long have you had these pains, Mr. Barber? No, that's Babar. Two Bs? One B. B-A-B-A-R. That's two. Yeah, but not right next to each other. I thought that's what you meant. Arnold Babar. Isn't there a children's book about an elephant named Babar? I don't know. I don't have any. No children? No elephant books. But it's not really the character of Fletch. Like, it's close. Fletch is very sarcastic. But the book has more serious, kind of sinister stuff going on at times. And Fletch can be kind of more of an asshole than a likable, goofy goofball, I guess you could say. The mystery doesn't quite wrap up the same way. And he gets more in-depth and stuff. And you, all the stuff that you normally would get in books. Like, you get to know characters better and blah, 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 blah. So I really liked it. But then I was like, well, what's the next book? I didn't realize book two was Confess Fletch. I was like, all right. Then I had a predicament. Was I going to read the book first or watch the movie first? Because I, I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know what to do. So I bought the book and I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just start it a little bit. You know, maybe if I'm not getting into it, I'll stop. Funny thing happened. Uh, my wife got COVID, not funny. And I got stuck at my parents' house for a couple days. And then I got stuck in one room in my house when she didn't have COVID, but we, but we wanted to make sure that it was kind of clear in the house. I just stayed in one area. I got really shitty lungs, so I don't I don't need to be getting COVID. So I was I didn't have a lot to do. So I read Confess Fletch. I read the whole thing. I loved it. I thought it was a really good book. I thought the mystery was fun. It's light. Like it's not like crazy serious tons of you know, billions of characters intertwining and it wasn't a whole lot of that. It's just pretty simple, basic mystery. There's a couple different things going on, like in the first Fletch book. Um and so I was like, oh, this is really good. I'm really excited for the movie. And it was funny because when I read Fletch, the first one, I could hear Chevy Chase. And it's probably because I've seen the movie, and it follows the movie pretty close. Or, you know, the movie follows the book pretty close. So then with Confess Fletch, maybe it was that I knew that John Hamm was Fletch in this one. I was reading it, and I could hear basically Don Draper as Fletch. Because I know that John Hamm can be sarcastic, and I know he can be, you know, like real like, hey, I'm, I'm cool. And that's just kind of the way Fletch acts. And so I was, I was really excited. I'm like, this. I think this is going to be more in line with the book. And it is. I, their version of Fletch is very much the Fletch from the novels. And I like that. You know, he's sarcastic. And he is. he can be goofy. But it just works. And I, John Hamm played him very well, I thought. Um, one, of my, my, one of my biggest disappointments is that in Confess Fletch, the book, there's a character named Flynn. And Flynn is not in the movie. And that bummed me out because Flynn was my favorite character. He plays a uh, inspector who is going over everything and he's like the main guy on the case. Um, basically what happens in Confess Fletch, at, you know, just basic storyline. Fletch shows up at this uh, place that he's, he's renting in Boston. There's a dead woman there and he's there to solve where these missing paintings went from his girlfriend who lives in Italy. And two mysteries kind of, you know, they may or may not be linked together, but that's how the movie starts. And and Flynn, along with his partner Grover, in the book, they're on the case. And Flynn and 
Fletch have this very good back and forth relationship. Like Flynn just wants him to confess and asks him constantly, like, confess, Fletch, just do it. So the title makes all the sense in the world. And he's this uh, Scottish guy. He's got a Sir Irish. I can't remember which one. And you learn a lot about him and his family. And he and Fletch kind of go back and forth. And there's you can kind of tell there's a mutual respect there and a playfulness. But at the same time, the whole time Flynn's like, just, just it's be a lot easier if you would just confess. Like there's so much evidence against you. Just give in. Uh, they do have a version of this character, though. Uh, Detective Monroe, played by Roy Wood Jr. And I liked him, too. Like, I enjoyed that character. And I don't know if Flynn... I, Flynn's got his own set of books. That's why he couldn't be in this movie. Um, because the rights... The whole rights issue. Rights always get involved and mess everything up. Um, but I did like Roy Wood Jr. as Detective Monroe. Uh, this time, he has got a partner uh, named Grizz played by Aiden Merari, and I really liked her too. She's kind of a, a newbie, and they're both irritated with how laid-back Fletch is, especially when he takes his shoes off and his feet are just all over, which is a thing in the books. It might be in the first movie too, I don't really remember. But I liked I liked all of them, you know, watching over Fletch and him escaping them constantly. Uh, the one thing I will say is, like, there's Fletch does a lot of stuff in the movie that... If I was just watching the movie and I hadn't read the books, I think I'd be a little lost. But again, I read the book first, so I don't know. So if anybody has just watched the movie and not read the book, uh, were you lost at any point? Because he's just doing stuff. You're like, well, why is he doing that? I mean, it becomes clear later, but it's weird, you know, off the beginning. Uh, other people in this movie, Marsha Gay Harden plays the Countess, which is uh, Angela, played by Lorenza Izzo's uh, mom or stepmom, who is uh, Fletcher's girlfriend as well. And I really like Marcia Gay Harden as the Countess. Her voice is exactly what I heard when I was reading the character in the book. John Slattery, who is who worked with John Hamm in Mad Men, they have a couple scenes together. He plays uh, Fletch's old boss, Frank. And I, anytime they were together, I loved it. Not just because I'm a fan of Mad Men, but their chemistry together is so good. And I just like John Slattery. So it, my only complaint is that I wish he would have been in it more. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan plays a art broker who's trying to help Fletch get his hands on these missing paintings that are worth millions of dollars that uh, Angela's father had. And there's a whole subplot with Angela's father being kidnapped. And it, it explains it more in the book than it does in the movie. But it's, it doesn't really play a huge factor in the movie that much. But I'm always happy to see Kyle MacLachlan as a Twin Peaks fan uh, and a Flintstones fan. It's fun to have him in there. Uh, Annie Mumolo, who I don't think I've talked about on this podcast since uh, Barb and Star. She was Barb. Um, she plays Eve in this. And Eve is like this kind of crazy, eccentric, uh, stoner neighbor of the guy that owns the apartment that Fletch is staying in. And there's a, a funny dinner scene with her. Well, not not really a dinner scene. She's preparing dinner. And what goes on during it, uh, it did make me laugh. I thought it was pretty good. And uh, Eugene Merman, who plays uh, a yacht club security person, with totally cameo. He is uh, the voice of Gene Belcher in um, Bob's Burgers. And he's got a few scenes. I thought the scenes were really funny because they just the whole time I was just hearing Gene because it's basically just his voice. I I enjoyed this movie. I did. It's a fun. I've watched it twice. So this actually is. I did just do a rewatch of this the other day. Uh, twice in one week. I don't know if I liked it enough to watch it twice in one week, but I knew I was going to do the podcast and I wanted to watch it again to see if it was one of those movies I'd like the more I saw it. And I did. I do. And I definitely think this is this could turn into one of those movies that. I can just turn on whenever. Um, is this a sequel to the Chevy Chase movies? I don't think so, but kind of. 
Like, there are definitely references to it. Like, Fletch in this, John Hamm wears a Lakers cap a couple times. Uh, I think that's definitely a reference to Chevy Chase's love for uh, the Lakers in the first movie. Um, I believe the boss's name is the same. I think the secretary's name is the same. But I don't, I don't think really he's supposed to be, you know, Chevy Chase. You know, I don't think he's supposed to be the same Fletch. You know, it, it's kind of a complete reboot. And if you loved Fletch because of Chevy Chase and how he played it and all the disguises, you're not going to get that in this one. This is a different Fletch. He's still sarcastic and a wise-ass and super cocky, but it's much more of a detective story. And it's I think it's pretty easy to follow. I mean, in the beginning, it's a little weird because things are just happening. You're like, what, what exactly is going on? But it all, it all wraps up, and I liked where it goes. It is really funny at times. I laughed out loud a few times in it, even more the second time I watched it. Um, I'm kind of bummed this is getting... Not, it's getting good reviews, but I don't feel like a lot of people know about it. But again, I don't know how loved Fletch was. Like, I knew about Fletch because I like Chevy Chase, and in Mallrats, they make a reference to Fletch, and then I knew Kevin Smith was going to make it. So that Kevin Smith is sort of my gateway into the Fletch world. I don't think I've ever seen Fletch Lives. If I have, I do not remember it. Um, but I do like the first one still. But I think I kind of prefer this version of the character of Fletch. Um, and I loved the I loved Confess Fletch. In fact, uh, I've got the next two books coming here, which is crazy because I don't read. Like I'm a movie person. You clearly know that if you're if you've listened to all these episodes. I love me some movies, books. I have trouble. My attention span isn't great with it, especially considering I couldn't even finish that sentence without starting a new one. Um, I jump all over the place, but for some reason, uh, the Gregory McDonald Fletch books so far have gotten me totally into reading. And that's never a bad thing. Uh, if, you can, if, you, if you want to check them out, go for it. Uh, I got the first one on Amazon and the second one, and then I got the other two on Hamilton Books, I think is what it's called. And they're only like five bucks on there. So like, they're real cheap and... They're very good. I really enjoyed them, and I really liked this movie. I think it's a, a fun little mystery. I liked the relationship between John Hams, Fletch, and the detectives. I thought that was kind of fun. It's a little diff- It's different than it was in the book because they're different characters, but I liked it almost as much. Like It was different, but it was familiar, I guess, in, in that way. The art mystery and the murder mystery, I wanted to spend a little bit more time with each one. Uh, because in the book, you get more of each mystery, I guess, and he kind of interviews more people, and not really more people, but when he does, it's for a different reason. Like, why he's in that specific uh, apartment is different, and I kind of liked that version better in the book, but it worked for me. Then when I watched it the second time, knowing what was going to happen, uh, everything was cool with me. So I, I liked it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, you can check it out now. It is streaming online, and it is in theaters, some theaters. I don't think it's in all theaters, um, but it. I just bought it, so that might be another reason why I'm recommending it because sometimes when I buy stuff without watching it, uh, I think in my mind, I think you have to like this. You pay 25 bucks for it. Like it, you idiot. I was disappointed uh, with the digital release that there were no special features. I'm hoping they add those later because $25 just for the movie kind of hurts. So on to our next movie, written, directed, and starring B.J. Novak, this is Vengeance. I have a story. Okay. I'm in West Texas, where this family just lost their daughter to an opiate overdose. 
Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's okay, it's not someone I was close to. But you flew to Texas for it? Uh, yes. Uh, it was a girl I hooked up with a few times. Her family thought that we were more serious than I did. I've heard so much about you. I've, I've heard, yeah. Abilene just didn't die, she was murdered. What? And the two of us are going to avenge her death. So as like a personal boundary, I don't avenge deaths. But here's what I can do. I'm gonna record everything that you think happened to Abilene. And we'll put it on a podcast and we'll see where it leads. What evidence does he have that it was a murder? Nothing. And that's the story. What's this podcast about? A new American reality where people invent these conspiracies. You got deep state, pill pushers, cartels, the law. Because the truth is too hard to accept. My Prius exploded. Oh my God. What if you're driving a real car with gas and stuff? The problem isn't that these people aren't smart. The problem is that they are. How do you take your coffee? In the mouth. If you want people to open up to you, you gotta act like one of us. Who here is a diehard fan of the University of Texas? <laughs> and who here is a fan of Texas Tech? What if she was murdered? This just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Looks like two pairs of Prince cowboy boots. Calling out an APB to find two men wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to her? Why do you care so much? Why do you care so little? You're so lucky in you, Abilene. I really don't know what you saw in me. Art sees art. Texas has a whole river. You can't solve something like this with a 45. It's the breakdown of society is what it is. Yes, ma'am. I think that's very wise. You're going to need a 12-gauge, a couple of ARs, no. Western yep. Automatic, and no. a sidearm yep. for no. safety. You know, in a way, they could have just called this Ryan Howard goes to Texas because BJ's character did feel a little bit like Ryan Howard from The Office, just a bit more of an asshole and uh, pretentious, which again is fairly Ryan Howard. A writer from New York attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. Uh, I did enjoy this movie quite a bit, actually. I was going to watch this again, too, before I recorded, but I didn't really get a chance to. Um, this is, again, uh, just a fun, kind of easy mystery. And I don't mean easy like, oh, you figure it out right away. It's just like there's not a lot of moving parts to it, I guess. Like, there's reveals and it takes some twists and turns, but nothing too crazy. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was uh, a fun movie. It's been out for a while, actually. Uh, I think it came out in like the end of July or August, but it's now streaming on Peacock. And I saw that and I was like, you know what? This might be kind of a fun movie to watch after I watched Fletch this morning. And it was. I, I thought it, it worked really well. B.J. Novak plays a character named Ben, who, when the movie starts, he's talking about dating apps with John Mayer. If that just tells you anything about the character. I don't know if John Mayer is playing himself, but I kind of felt like he was, or at least, you know, a version of himself, like the version that, you know, people read about in the press. Like, I feel like it was sort of that sort of thing. They're at, like, a big New York party, and they're just hanging out talking about that stuff and hooking up with the girls on apps and how the apps are you know, really fake and how people are fake and Ben's trying to get uh, into the podcast world. Of course, B.J. Novak playing Ben. Uh, Boyd Holbrook plays Ty Shaw. And Ty is the older brother of this girl that died, Abilene Shaw, who 
went out with BJ Novak a few times. He hooked up with her. And that's about it. Like, that's the extent of Ben knowing her. And she has made it seem that they were dating. So people back home think that she's had this boyfriend named Ben. And he gets this real mysterious call in the middle of the night that's like, your girlfriend's dead. It turns out to be uh, Ty. And he brings him. For some reason, he agrees to go to Texas and go to the funeral. And he meets the family. And it's when he's there that he... He realizes there's a, a story here. Uh, before he goes, though, he's, like I said, he's trying to get into the podcast world. Issa Rae plays Eloise, uh, this woman that he knows that's a producer uh, for Big Podcast Network. And she's got, like, the number one podcast. And he's trying to pitch her different ideas about what America really is. And just really, like, sounds pretentious and ridiculous. And I could definitely see this becoming Ryan Howard, like, really easily. Um but she's like, you know, you gotta, you just gotta find a good story out there, and it's when he's meeting these people, these Hicks from Texas, as you know, he's kind of thinking because he's the sophisticated guy from New York, um, that he gets this idea because the brother's convinced that his sister didn't die of a drug overdose, which is what uh, the ruling was, but that she was murdered because she was found in this field where there's parties and no one, everybody goes to these parties, but nobody goes to these parties. They say that a couple times. So it's very mysterious. And while he's there, he meets different family members, um, like uh, Albaline's sister, Kansas City Shaw, played by Dove Cameron, the uh, singer. Jay Smith Cameron plays the mother, Sharon. She plays Jerry in Succession. And I, I thought she was great in it. She's not in it enough as far as I'm concerned. I could have used a lot more of her in it. I mean, Jerry's like my favorite character in Succession, so I wanted more. Uh, you also have the grandma, Granny Carol, who is played by Luann Stevens, and she was uh, Matt Saracen's grandma in Friday Night Lights. It took me a little bit, because I'm like, what was she in? She was like a Texan in that, too. And I'm like, oh, duh, Friday Night Lights. Um, and you just meet a bunch of different characters along the way. Ashton Kutcher's in it. He plays this uh, music producer who was the producer for Abilene, who wanted to be a singer. And uh, BJ Novak's character realizes, like, she sent him links, like, hey, listen to my music, and he never did. He's just like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll do that. And he never did, and now he kind of feels guilty about it, being with the family. So he listens, and, like, he really likes it, and he wants to get stories from all of them and just get, like, this part of America. And, and you know, you get a nice breakfast scene where he's like, can I record this? And they're all super excited because... The two sisters want to be rich, and they want to be famous. Uh, Isabella Amara plays Paris, the other sister. And so they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, record whatever you want. The mom's in on it. Everybody's like, yeah, that's fine. And there's so many times that, you know, you get the idea that he feels like he is better than everybody, but they also kind of feel that too, and they call him out on it a couple different times. And, there's a, of course, there's going to be, like, a huge blowout at some point where everybody's saying what, how they feel and you know, he kind of gets the idea like, okay, they're not they're not as stupid as I thought. Like, he'll get these moments where he's like, oh, this is this is the story. This is the really interesting thing. And then as he's, like, talking to all these people that knew who she was, who this girl was, um, and her brother, like I said, thinks this is – she was murdered. And he thinks it's gang-related and with uh, the cartel. And, you know, getting back to Boyd Holbrook as Ty Shaw, I really liked his character a lot because at times he can be – you know, the bumbling idiots who just has these conspiracy theories of what's going on. But there's also times where, you know, you get like this kind of sadness from him because he's lost his sister and he can also be 
threatening and intimidating and kind of scary. Like, you don't know where he's going to turn. And I like that. I thought he was really, really good in this. Then talks to all these different people. He talks to Ashton Kutcher, who's actually really smart, and kind of calls him out like, you're coming here because you want this to be stupid. You want us to be idiots. Like, you want us to just be country folk and uh, make fun of us. And then he realizes, well, that's not the case at all. Like, these people really know what they're doing, and it's just a different side of the world. He's like, this is really good. And the whole time he's, like, sending audio back to Issa Rae's character, and she's loving it, too. She's like, you got to keep it up. But as the mystery kind of starts to unfold, he's like, um, maybe this was murder. Like, at first he was just doing it as, like, these people can't get over the loss of their um, sister and daughter, and they think that it's murder when it's based on absolutely nothing except the guy's gut. And then he's like, maybe there's more to this. And then the mystery kind of unravels from there. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it does take some some twists and turns. And I really like the way uh, it kind of starts to play out. I don't know that I'm totally sold on how it wraps up. But uh, I did enjoy it. And I do want to watch it again. Uh, and I'm glad that it's on Peacock because I can watch it again. Because um, it's not playing in the theater here. I don't know if it ever did, actually. But it's definitely worth your time. And actually, I really think watching Confess Fletch and this back-to-back would be a fun double feature. Like, I enjoyed it bookending my day with it. Like, I watched Confess Fletch in the morning, and then when I realized this was on Peacock, I was like, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, and it was a really it was a really fun watch. Like, I enjoyed it. And I like kind of where Ben's arc goes throughout the thing. Like, you kind of know what's coming. Like, nothing's really super shocking other than everybody actually kind of knows that he's a pretentious prick most of the time and they're not like bowled over by oh he's gonna record us for a podcast I mean they want to do that but they're not like super impressed and they get that he's kind of being a jerk about the whole thing and I like that and I like that he realizes it and then kind of gets more involved with the family it was sort of a weird like murder mystery version of son-in-law which I was not expecting but very much welcomed also I've never had Whataburger or Whataburger, as it was sounding like they were saying in the movie, uh, but they make me want to do it. It's like a big old commercial for Whataburger, and so if I'm ever down south, I'm going to have to definitely try that out. But I liked it. I liked how it kind of was poking holes at the you know murder mystery podcasts and just how kind of over-important they can make them sound sometimes, and he's definitely going down that road uh, as the movie goes on. But I liked the reveals. I liked the family. I thought the family dynamic was good. I thought they felt like a family. There's a little brother character that they call El Stupido, played by Eli Bickle. I really like that character a lot. He is like the stereotypical southern character where at first you're like, oh, this guy's really stupid. But even he like reveals stuff and drops information that's important. And you find out he had a, a really nice, sweet relationship with his sister. And you kind of get those human sides of things. But I liked it. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. So make it a double feature with Confess Fletch and Vengeance. Both are very fun, easy to watch mysteries that uh, I think you can spend an hour and a half and it's a good time. And both of them are streaming now on uh, whatever platforms you use it on. Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, Peacock. You'll find them on one of those. Uh, but enjoy it. it. If you want to wait for a little bit on Confess Fletch, because I think it's like a $20 rental or a $25 purchase, you could probably wait. Like, I liked it a lot, but probably could wait for streaming on it. But it was very good, and I hope they make more. I feel like they won't, but I hope they do, because I think John Hamm is a good Fletch. And, you know, if BJ Novak wanted to do another Vengeance, I might be up for it. I don't think they need to. I think the story's done. 
But uh, I think he could be a very, very good filmmaker in the future. So I'm looking forward to see what he does. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.